Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you this morning. Praise be to God. How was your weekend? You survived it, apparently. You're listening to us now. You're hanging out with us today. Praise be to God for that. Uh, hopefully it was uh, hopefully it was relaxing. I, I wish I had gotten about 10 hours more sleep than I did. But um, by the grace of God, we are here. We're going to have a great show today. In fact, uh, we're going to do a bit of a mulligan opportunity this morning. You might remember the week before last was the great snowmageddon of of the uh, of the South for 2021, where we had a whopping 1.5 inches of snow, uh, but it put out millions of people out of power. It was pretty crazy, actually. Well, the youth apologetics were among the casualties of that week, where we had them on the show, but just as we were diving into the conversation with them, I lost power, and we were off the air or off our, our stream. And so we, we wanted to bring them back so we can you know, actually have the conversation with them and get to know them a little bit. The Youth Apolo- Young Apologetics, an online fraternity of Catholic youth. So they're going to be back on the program today during the guest segment. But, you know, uh, we're also going to have Christine Niles on from Church Militant in the What's Concerning Us segment. Uh, there is, uh, I guess, uh, n- new information in regards to one of the scandals and cover-ups in the Chicago Archdiocese. Um, regarding uh, Montabano, Father Montabano, and that whole story. You might remember Father Kahalchek, and so we're going to cover all of that, plus maybe even more stories with Christine Niles from Church Militant and the What's Concerning Us. Plus, we'll have breaking news and stories. We'll have the Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, uh, new game show, new prizes this week, so there's tons to do today on Catholic Drive Time, and the team is here, of course. Good morning to you, Emily Alcaraz. Good morning, Joe. How's your weekend? Praise God, I survived it. No, it was good. We watched Pray, by the way. How was it? It was it was great. Oh, but you'd seen it before, right? No, actually, I oh. hadn't. So this was uh, my wife and I watched it. Our whole family watched it, I think, Friday night. So Pray, the story of Patrick Payton. That was a great interview last week. It was. It, it went so well. And uh, that movie just gives you so much hope for the family life and the domestic church. Yeah, amen. Praise be to God. Uh, speaking of hope for the domestic church, Adrian Fonseca is here. Good morning to you, Adrian. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but uh, thank you. I, I much appreciated. Hope for the domestic church. <laughs> well, never recalled that before. Yeah, well, there's a new day, new opportunity. Speaking of which, uh, Emily, what is the game show sponsor this week? So this week is, uh, actually, it's really exciting because um, it's one of our listeners who actually listens to our show, and I get emails from her all the time commenting really? on things that we've said. Yes. So her name is Beth, and she's giving away one of her handmade rosaries. Oh, that's super cool. We have a listener-supported uh, prize this week. So uh, new opportunities, if you can join us in the second hour, that would be awesome. Uh, you can always join us by uh, you know Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. We're streaming to all of those platforms if you're not able to listen on uh, your mobile app, by the way. Uh, on uh, the Station of the Cross, which is, I think, iCatholic. Of course, the Guadalupe Radio Network has their own uh, mobile streaming app, which is the Guadalupe Radio Network. You can search for both in your Android and app stores uh, for iOS as well. Um, also, I, should, I think I should mention this, but I think uh, later this week, is it on Friday? On Friday, in, the, in our second hour of the program on this Friday, I believe we're giving somebody a Mercedes. Are we not? I think we are. 
That's right. Sure. We are. We are getting to announce it. Yeah. So I'm pretty exciting. Cool. Somebody gets a brand new Mercedes on Friday and it gets announced right here on the program. So look forward to that. All right. So that's the show today. So much to cover, a lot to dive into. And uh, we plus, we still have the after show as well today. And I got a lot of stories. If I don't get to them, maybe I'll get to them in the after show. But here we go. Let's pray for your intentions, dear listener. We're going to include those with our intentions for the show and for our apostolates at the Station of the Cross and the Guadalupe Radio Network. And for whatever it is that you're facing today, we're going to ask Our Lady's intercession for all of us today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. On Wednesday, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem signed into law historic protections for babies born alive after failed abortions. After signing House Bill 1051, Governor Noem said, The pro-life cause continues even after a child is born. Today, I signed the Born Alive legislation to guarantee the right to life for every baby that is born alive. HB 1051, also known as an act to maintain the life of any child born alive, mandates that medical professionals provide the same level of medical care to all babies, including those who survive botched abortions. The law also includes sanctions for violators and new reporting requirements for facilities or physicians that commit abortions. Some people have been experiencing facial paralysis after receiving COVID vaccines. Researchers from the Boston Children's Hospital recently found that the observed incidence of Bell's palsy in the vaccine arms is between three to seven times higher than would be expected in the general population. Bell's palsy is a condition that causes pain, distorted facial features, and an inability to speak, drink, or eat normally. Conditions usually improve within six months. The Food and Drug Administration initially said that there was no causal relationship between the COVID vaccines and Bell's palsy, but they have since removed this statement from their notes. An investigation by a Vancouver, Canada Catholic newspaper has uncovered evidence that at least one of the region's publicly funded health authorities has been offering patients euthanasia or assisted suicide without the patient requesting it. Though euthanasia and assisted suicide are legal in Canada, The health authority guidelines state that the patient must be the one to raise the issue. Officially known in Canada as Medical Aid in Dying, or MAID, euthanasia and physician-assisted suicide were legalized in the country in 2016. Since then, over 14,000 people have ended their lives through MAID. The Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops have repeatedly challenged the government to upgrade and promote palliative care options instead of assisted suicide laws. And former Pope Benedict XVI addressed conspiracy theories about his resignation as Pope in an interview with an Italian newspaper on Monday. The Pope Emeritus said, quote, It was a difficult decision, but I made it in full consciousness, and I think I did the right thing. Some of my friends who are a bit fanatical are still angry. They didn't want to accept my choice. I think of the conspiracy theories that followed it. Some said it was because of the Vatileak scandal. Some said it was because of a conspiracy of the gay lobby. Some said it was because of the case of the conservative Lefebvrean theologian Richard Williamson. 
They do not want to believe in a choice made consciously, but my conscience is fine. Benedict XVI ended his eight-year-long pontificate by resigning in 2013 and becoming the first pope to do so in almost 600 years. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Blessed Villana de Bodhi, pray for us. Uh, Blessed Villana was born in 1332 in Florence in Italy. She was the daughter of Andrew de Bodhi, and uh, he was a merchant, but she was a very pious child. In the age of 13, she ran away from home but to join a convent. Uh, But she was refused at the door, and she was forced to go home. And soon after, her family married her to a a man by the name of Rosso de Piro. Uh, But this this rejection of her her calling to join the convent in this arranged marriage seemed to change Villana quite significantly. She suddenly became very lazy and worldly, concerned only with pleasure. One day, as she was getting dressed for some type of entertainment, her reflection in all of her mirrors suddenly changed to that of a demon. Blessed Valana understood this to be a reflection of her sin-laden soul. She tore off her clothes and put on something poor and simple and ran to the Dominican fathers of Santa Maria Novella for help. She became a Dominican tertiary, consecrated or concentrated rather on her vocation of married life and spent her free time praying and reading scripture and the lives of the saints. Blessed Valana a desire to atone for all of her earlier life and uh, sometimes it became very overwhelming to her and her husband and family had to stop her from begging door to door and doing other types of harsh penances. She was given to religious ecstasies though at Holy Mass but uh, became the object of much ridicule and slander. Her health suffered, but she received visions of Our Lady and the saints and had the gift of prophecy. Even at her fiercest op- opponents eventually came to see her as a living saint. She died on the 29th of January, 1361. Her body was taken to Santa Maria Novella, but the fathers were unable to bury her for months due to the constant crowd of mourners who came to visit her. Blessed Villana Devoti, pray for us. The gospel comes to us today from Luke chapter 6, verses 36 through 38. Jesus said to his disciples, Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Stop judging, and you will not be judged. Stop condemning, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and gifts will be given to you. A good measure, packed together, shaken down, and overflowing, will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you measure will in turn be measured out to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to God in all things. This is a slight, uh, sort of a slight uh, upgrade, let's just say, to Leviticus 19.2, where the people of God were told to imitate God's holiness. Now it goes a step above and to imitate God's mercy. Right? God is merciful. He can, he can forgive us our trespasses, right? And so this is why when our Lord teaches us the Our Father, He gives us the very clear command to forgive as we have been forgiven. And uh, we are called to do this. I think part of the problem, though, is among Christians is we tend to choose one or the other. We tend to choose justice or mercy. 
instead of both. Uh, it's both and that we're called to, not a either or. And this reading this passage reminded me of the original call of the people who were brought up out of the land of Egypt, out of slavery, slavery to the pagan idolatry with which they slipped back into. Part of their, their call was to become a people set apart, a consecrated people. To what end? For what purpose? Was it to live separated and isolated from all of humanity, off on their own little holy little thing? No, not at all. In fact, their original call was to become separated and holy so that they could go and bring back the lost children of God. That included the Egyptians, the Hittites, the Pezzarites, the Canaanites, the Ittites, and all the other ites. God wants us all. He doesn't want just some of us. He wants all of us. And so it's a two-phase process. It's a separation from the sin that, that pervades our communities, our families, and our lives. It's separating that, us from that and becoming holy. To what end? To, uh, for eternity in heaven with the Father and to bring back those that are still lost, to become a people set apart for the mission of the salvation of souls. And I think that is also what we should remember today in reading this passage. We should forgive. We should forgive and we will be forgiven. We should be merciful and God will be merciful to us. But the ultimate act of charity is to share Jesus Christ with our neighbors, our friends, our family members, to not just let them live and subsist in their sins, but rather beckon them out of that sinful slavery in order for them to be saved as well. Emily, Adrian? Yeah, so one of the things that uh, I think is important is the reference to uh, giving, because uh, Cornelius Alapide says that whenever the poor receives the gift, whenever you give to the poor, what happens is two things. One, the poor in which you give to them, they receive it as a gift, but God becomes a debtor because it would be unjust for you to just give away something that God takes on the debt of the poor. And so you will be repaid by God himself. Uh, so I think that's a very important thing to notice and to think about whenever you give. That when you give, you are giving something as a gift to the poor because they cannot pay you back. Uh, and this is, that's why it is gratuitous. But our Lord, because he is just, recognizes the poor and recognizes your free gift, and he will repay you, not in material wealth, but in heavenly wealth. So I think that's important to remember. All right. Praise be to God. Maybe that and much more in the after show or next hour. If you can join us, we'd love to have you. Uh, we're going to have Christine Niles on in the What's Concerning Us segment today from Church Militant. There's a couple of stories about uh, scandals in uh, Chicago and Detroit and cover-ups. And we're going to get the latest information uh, from Christine in the next segment. Plus, our guests, the Youth Apologetics, are back on the program today. So much of Catholic Drive Time is coming your way. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. It's common for atheists who object to belief in God because it can't be proven false by empirical observation. But this objection fails because the principle it assumes, called the verification principle, is self-refuting. It states, a belief is true or false if and only if it can be verified or falsified by sense experience. Like the statement, it's snowing outside which can prove true or false by looking out the window. But this principle is problematic because the principle itself can't be proven true or false by sense experience. Where in the universe is the truth value of this belief to be found? Can we see it under a microscope? The absurdity of these questions reveal that the principle itself cannot be proven true or false by sense experience, and thus is self-refuting. 
For this reason, the objection fails. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Speed of Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Christine Isles from Church Militant is supposed to be joining us here in this segment. Uh, hopefully she'll be jumping on in a minute here. We're going to cover a couple of stories they reported on last week um, in regards to uh, the, sort of the, an older story that we probably followed a, more, a year ago or at least, uh, Father Kalchek there. That story. We're going to get a, an update to that and maybe a story out of Detroit. So hopefully she'll join us and we'll get her on and we'll, ha- we'll update you there. But uh, coming up in the guest segment, the Youth Apologetics and Online Fraternity of Catholic Youth will be rejoining the program. I'm excited about having that conversation. I was looking forward to talking to them last week or week before last, rather, but we got caught off and that did not work. So we've invited them back on. There are several stories while we're waiting for Christine to jump on with us uh, that uh, I could go over here. Uh, one is the House passes COVID relief, but pro-life group groups warn it funds abortion. This is a very significant story as Catholics. Uh, we should be paying very close attention to this. There's also a related story. Uh, both of these stories, in fact, are out of the National Catholic Register. But there's a related story about the significance of SCOTUS um, revisiting the, the Trump rule barring abortion groups from Title X funding. So this is a total backwards uh, drive here from the pro-life gains that we had under the previous administration. We seem to be slipping backwards, but let me just read part of this article to you while we wait for Christine to jump on. House passes COVID relief. Pro-life groups warn it funds abortion. It says the House passed a massive COVID relief bill early on Saturday morning without protections against abortion funding. After debating the bill on Friday evening and voting on early Saturday morning, the House passed the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan of 2021 by a largely party-line vote of uh, 219 to 212. The bill funds vaccines. It uh, funds the testing and tracing and provides economic relief, including stimulus checks to American families. It does not, however, include prohibitions on funding of abortions, something that pro-life groups, including the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, have warned would increase abortion funding. The Hyde Amendment, enacted into law uh, each year as part of the uh, approbations bill, prohibits funding of elective abortions. Um, Hyde I got cut off. Hyde language uh, was included in the COVID relief bill that passed Congress last year. The CARES Act and the bill also included provisions blocked blocking parent, Planned Parenthood affiliates from accessing emergency loans. Planned Parenthood affiliates were still able to apply for and receive around $80 million in emergency loans from the CARES Act. However, the current package includes neither of those pro-life protections. Pro-life groups have warned 
that global health funding, health insurance subsidies, and funding of the Title X program could go to elective abortions, abortion coverage, and pro-abortion groups. This, this, There's a lot more to read in this article. I'll leave it for you to read, dear listener, but let me tell you that this is very concerning. We passed these massive, massive bills. I mean, I don't even, that's another scandal all to itself, in my opinion, is how will our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, ever pay off the debt that we are mounting right now. It seems rather uh, insane. And then, of course, to spend that debt money on things like abortion is very scary. Um, Emily, did you also see that, that SCOTUS is relooking at who gets the Title Ten funding? No, I didn't see that, no. Yes, this is also very scary. It says the U.S. Supreme Court will review a case looking at an administration's ability to limit federal funding to abortion providers in the Title X family planning program. It says, and while the Biden administration is likely to rescind the rule in question, legal experts stress that high court's decision in the case will have important implications for future administrations. Now, I remember when this became an issue under the Trump administration, we were pro-life groups were like, this is great. It is about time that we uh, start to scale back uh, federal dollars to these uh, like Planned Parenthood and abortion groups like that. And we felt like well, this was a victory. But now we're seeing things start to slip in the other direction. Uh, very, very concerning. We can link to both. Emily, what, what's on your radar? Um, so my concerning headline for today is um – the Gallup study that came out last week that found that uh, young people or young people and adults who identify as LGBT, um, the number has been skyrocketing, just absolutely skyrocketing. It's tripled since Gen from Gen X to Gen Z. It's increased drastically. Wow. Um, and they're, so they're referencing here in the LifeSite News article that I will link. It's So there was a study done back in 2018 that found that 80% Eighty-seven percent of teens who identify as LGBT um, had some sort of influence in their group. Someone else in their close friend group also identified as LGBT, and sixty-three um, percent of teens who had uh, identified as LGBT had previously been diagnosed with a mental health disorder. And so now, um, this, the behavioral scientist who did this research, Lisa Littman, um coined this rapid onset gender dysphoria. So she basically proved that there is a link between young people being influenced to self-identify as LGBT. Wow. We, we, it's really getting very bizarre. Um, I, I reported on this story, I don't know, December maybe? I can't remember. But there was a, I saw another article out today linked up on one of the websites that I'm tracking. It says, World Cheers as three men in gay menage a trois listed as legal parents of children on birth certificates. These are three men in California that are now on the birth certificate of a child. Um, and the world is cheering this. This, I don't even want to read this to you because it's too disturbing to me. It's just too disturbing to me to read this to you. Maybe we'll link to it, but you can also Google the headline for yourself. It's that disturbing to me. Um, but that's the world we live in, and that should be very concerning for every Catholic. Uh, not just because, like, the, like the the gospel today, right, Emily? It says, you know, judge and you won't be judged. Right. Well, it's also a matter of charity, for the charitable sake of theirs of these three men's souls. We should be very concerned and pray for them. We should be praying for them. We should be praying for their conversion, for their healing, and for their uh, and that God will be merciful on them and give them many prevenient graces to bring them to to a conversion. 
because this is very concerning. It's not good for our society, and it's certainly not good for that child. But uh, that's a, a very concerning story to me. There's another one. We're still waiting for uh, Christine. We're not sure if she's so what's uh, what's holding her up. But at any rate, if she doesn't get on today, maybe we'll have her on tomorrow. But there's another story published out of the blaze. Boston Public School cancels new advanced classes for high-performing students because of racial inequalities. So the, the deal here on this story is they had a plan to take students that were performing better than others and to give them an advanced class. Now, I personally have been through a class like this when I was in high school. I took a, an AP course on Russian, Russian history. And um, the idea was to put them in an environment where they could excel, learn, and dive a little deeper on certain subjects uh, that was not the normal model within public uh, school systems. It was an advanced working class. The problem, though, is they found the, the district analysis found that more than 70% of the students in the program were either white or Asian, while nearly 80% of the students in the district are Hispanic or black. So because they felt there was not enough Hispanic or black students in the program, they were mostly just white or Asian, they decided to cancel the program in general. And the question in my mind goes, well, hold on. So the, the issue was that the students took a test, and based on their performance of the test, determined their eligibility to apply for the program. It says, officials said 453 students were invited to the program last fall. 143 students applied and 116 enrolled for the 2021 year based on test scores. So I, this, the article doesn't say whether or not uh, they had a plenty of black and Hispanic students apply because they had high te test scores and were rejected because of the color of their skin. Uh, it just says that there wasn't enough in the program, so they canceled the program altogether. My question is, well, why don't they just focus on maybe if it was a case where the black and Hispanic students didn't perform as well in, in tests, well, why don't we focus on that? Why don't we fix that problem? Why don't we just go, okay, what is it about the black and Hispanic students that aren't passing the test as high at a rate as high as the other students, the Asians and the, and the whites, and then focus on what we can do to alleviate that issue uh, in order to bring them up to, to par. Why cancel the whole program? Why punish some students because of the color of their skin? That's my question, and it seems really out of proportion. Emily, uh, what would you think about this? About the what, sorry? About this uh, Boston Public School Cancel Program. It's a canceling oh. an advanced class because of the, 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 what they feel is an un... Uh, it's, a, it's a racial inequality. Yeah, no, it's not fair. It's not fair for them to um, really expect for there to be an equality of outcome. That just The world doesn't work that way. Um, for Outcomes are not egalitarian. They happen naturally. And so for them to um, put so much pressure on the program to produce the same sort of what do they want like exact like an exact um percentage of people from each racial um minority to be in the program it's not going to work that way and it's just not realistic so you know uh, here where we're located i know there's at least two maybe more uh, campuses around the country i think chicago might even have one uh it's a school called crystal ray it's a jesuit school and they focus on on uh, families that are impoverished and they provide these kids 
an opportunity to uh, get a, r- a, a sort of a, a rugged uh, pre-college type of education to prepare them to go to college. And they and it's a very robust program and they don't they don't they don't go light on these kids. They give them a fantastic opportunity and it's a work study program at that. So these kids come into the program and they get a robust education, they get work experience and internship programs and it's it's great. The vast majority of these kids go on to college and they perform very very well. I think the mistake is in thinking that these other kids aren't up to the task. They are. They need to be given that opportunity. They need to be pushed and motivated and inspired. They need to be uh, journeyed with, but they need to give, be given the opportunity. And the answer isn't to cancel the whole thing. The answer isn't to throw the baby out with the bathwater and to punish those kids with certain skin tones as opposed to other kids with other skin tones. That's, that's ridiculous. Uh, very concerning. And I, I would love to see that turn around. But, uh, so that's one story in the news. We have about a minute or so before we go to break. Uh, there's, a, a, I guess, sort of a good and bad story coming out of Nigeria today. This was reported in the Epic Times. Nigerian schoolboys freed as forces search for 300 abducted girls. It says gunmen, gunmen in Nigeria on Saturday released 27 teenage boys who were kidnapped from their school last week in the north central state of Niger. While security forces continue to search for more than 300 schoolgirls abducted in a nearby state. It says schools have become targets for mass kidnappings for ransom in northern Nigeria by armed groups. On the 17th of February, 27 students, three staff and 12 members of their families were abducted by an armed gang that stormed the government science secondary school in the uh, Kagara district of Niger state, overwhelming the school security detail. One boy was killed during the raid. Well, I give God praise that these boys are released. Let's pray for those that are still under the slavery of uh, this kidnapping situation and the one that continues to be a common occurrence for the people that have to live there. Let's pray for all those involved. So many stories that are once concerning us, but guess what? We're going to go to break. We'll have breaking news and stories with Emily, and then the Youth Apologetics Program will be on. So much coming your way. Don't go anywhere. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that Catholic theology is too dogmatic? That the faith should be freer, more liberal? Well, G.K. Chesterton says there will be no end to the weary debates about liberalizing theology until people face the fact that the only liberal part of it is really the dogmatic part. Their problem, he says, is not that there's not enough freedom in the dogma, but rather too much. The dogma gives man too much freedom when it permits him to actually be responsible for his sins. The dogma gives God too much freedom when it permits him to suffer and die. The dogma gives the church too much freedom when it gives it authority. It's not the doctrines that limit us. It is the denial of them. It's only the truth that makes us free. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. 
Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Monday, March 1st, and these are your headlines for today. The House passed a massive COVID relief bill early on Saturday morning without protections against abortion funding. After debating the bill on Friday evening and voting on early Saturday morning, the House passed the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan of 2021 by a largely party-line vote of 219 to 212. The bill funds vaccines, testing and tracing, and provides economic relief, including stimulus checks to American families. It does not, however, include prohibitions on funding of abortions, something that the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops have warned would increase abortion funding. The percentage of American adults identifying themselves as LGBT has risen to 5.6%, with the shift largely driven by young people, according to a Gallup survey released on Wednesday. These self-identification numbers continue to increase dramatically, with 3.8 of Generation X identifying as LGBT, 9.1% of Millennials, and 15.9% of Generation Z. Some commentators believe this is an unnatural development and could be the result of what is known as rapid-onset gender dysphoria, a term coined in 2018 by Brown University behavioral scientist Lisa Littman. In Spain, feminist marches are being permitted while worship services remain restricted. Fernando Simón, a health director in the Spanish government, even said in an interview that feminist events are less risky than Holy Week processions. Many of the traditional Holy Week processions that Spain is known for have been canceled. A Spanish priest, Father Juan Manuel Góngora, said, quote, We Catholics must stop being timid before sectarian rulers. We should act with courage and claim our right to express publicly our faith. In Madrid, feminist marches of up to 500 people have been authorized for International Women's Day on March 8th. And Pope Francis spoke to the pilgrims in the Vatican on his Angelus address on Sunday, saying, At times, we go through moments of darkness in our personal, family, or social life, and a fear that there's no way out. We need a different outlook, a light that illuminates the mystery of life in depth and helps us to interpret history, beginning with his paschal victory. After the Angelus, the Holy Father asked for prayers for schoolgirls who were abducted in Nigeria, saying, I join my voice to that of the bishops of Nigeria, to condemn the vile kidnapping of 317 girls taken away from their school in Zhangebe in the northwest of the country. Let us pray to Our Lady to protect them. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you very much, Emily, for keeping us up to date. I want to thank Sean and Patty for sharing our uh, video on Facebook today. Praise be to God. I've had about 14 shares this morning of our stream, so we're very grateful for that. If you're hanging out with us anywhere on the live streams, that, that share can really mean a lot to us. If you're looking for where you can find live streams, well, grnonline.com forward slash CDT is a great place to go to get that. Don't forget to sign up to our email list. We're sending out the, the uh, Catholic commentary review of the Sunday Gospels in Lent via email uh, all the season. So please uh, sign up at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Uh, joining us once again for a little bit of mulligan opportunity today is the Young Apologetics. The uh, This is a great organization, the Youth Apologetics. It's an online fraternity of Catholic youth. 
Uh, their mission is to bring together young teens from around the world and educate them on Catholic teaching and how to live as faithful Catholics in the modern world through online platforms where teens interact with us and join our team led and uh, by teens of focused groups. And we're very grateful to have you on again. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you for having us again. A little mulligan opportunity. Now, two weeks ago, we we tried this, but the, the Snowmageddon of uh, 2021 really uh, put a hamper in the program. Just as we were jumping into our conversation, I lost complete power at uh, and cut us off completely. So, uh, sorry about that, but it's good to have you back. Uh, I see y- Jacob here, I see William, and I see... Uh, uh, Tatiana, good morning to you all. Uh, let's start with you, Jacob. Tell us, tell us about the organization. How did it get started? Yeah, so um, William and another kid, uh, Ethan Potter from Instagram, they f- started the organization, and um, it really just started off as a small group on Instagram on a couple group chats, and they slowly started to you know gain more traction, which resulted in. Um, them starting some other going on to some other platforms like group me and um you know i later joined and i was able to help out as well and we invited some guests on some speakers our first speaker was dr peter crafe and so we had him on and we discussed some you know we just kind of talked with each other and uh, we were able to bring about like 70 kids actually on to the Zoom call with Dr. Peter Kreeft and they were able to ask him questions and he was able to respond and give them really in-depth answers. And so it was really just a, a good experience for the youth to be able to do this, but we were also able to bring some um, Protestants and people of other religions on as well. And this has actually resulted in um, a couple conversions actually which has been very fruitful um we've we had we've had two members who were not catholic at all who have been baptized into the church uh since we started in the summer and we've had multiple uh people who you know came from protestantism who are now you know in that searching phase in that uncertain phase and so you know it's been a great experience and um you know we've been growing a lot and we have a lot of different opportunities now as well so now, Tatiana, how did you get involved? Well, kind of started around the same time. I saw that Ethan was um, promoting this Catholic online youth organization, and I didn't join at first, but eventually I did. Um, and it's been a, a great experience just meeting different Catholics that are also on fire for their faith and um, a lot of great friends. But that was yeah, May, June of, of last year. Will, tell us about the uh, the, the group itself. I mean, uh, the members are from where exactly? Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, the members are from Brazil, South Africa, Italy, Britain. I think we have some from Spain. Um, Panama, I think we have one or two from China. Wow. Uh, United States, uh, Canada, Australia, and then like one from New Zealand. So like 10, 11 different countries, I think. That's um, amazing. Yeah, but we all, we all uh, unite and it's, it's, really, it's really beautiful to see because we all, m- many of us speak different languages. We're all over the globe, but we see each other uniting around the uh, teachings and tradition of the church. So it's, uh, it's really beautiful to see and it's, um, it kind of shows 
how the Catholic faith is universal. And uh, yeah, it's really great. Now, I first discovered youth apologetics on TikTok. I found some of you on TikTok. And so I know that y'all have been using some of these new platforms like TikTok and Discord, which um, maybe older people are not familiar with. So can you tell us about these new platforms? And also, have you been encountering censorship on these platforms? Jacob, maybe you can start. Yeah, so right now we are most prevalent, I would say, on Discord and GroupMe. Those are really our main two platforms where we communicate and have these conversations with our members. And we, you know, this is where they talk with each other, have that sense of um, discipleship fraternity. And so that's been really great on Discord and GroupMe. But we also um, share our our media on, uh, on YouTube as well as on Instagram and Twitter, as well as also on TikTok, as you mentioned. And so on TikTok, we tried, you know, our members are usually just on their own, like you mentioned, uh, where we don't really have like we have a we have a we have our own account, but we haven't really um, gone, you know, and posted videos on that as much right now. But we have members who do that, which is you know amazing because they um, are they have a lot of traction. We have some really big. Um, big name TikTokers, I guess you could say Catholic TikTokers who have a lot of uh, followers. And so on their own platforms, I would say there is a little bit of censorship. Um, A few people have said that they they are not able to have live streams and stuff on on TikTok. And, but we ourselves have not experienced too much censorship, I would say. On YouTube, we have had a few I guess you could say controversial speakers on who have been censored themselves, but um, like, like um, Mr. Uh, John Henry Weston from the LifeSite News, we had him on and then his uh, LifeSite News uh, got cut off, unfortunately, but we've also had Dr. E. Michael Jones and his platform got cut off. And so we, we do expect, you know, one day to have this come to us because we are tackling those really difficult questions, but you know, that is the truth. So we can't just you know, evade the truth. We've got uh, the Youth Apologetics as our guest this hour, and they've got a pretty good fan base here. We've got a ton of people over on YouTube commenting, uh, you know, go Youth Apologetics. It's pretty cool. Alexandra here says, joining the Youth Apologetics group last year was one of the best decisions I made. So many wonderful Catholic faith-filled friends who truly want to grow in the faith. That's pretty good high praise there for you guys. Uh, do you feel the pressure of a growing community and and keeping things sort of, uh, you know, going in the right direction? How, how does it feel uh, for, from your perspective seeing your community grow like this all over the world yeah for sure uh i think um uh the only problem is we may run out of room on our chats so <laughs> if that's the only problem then uh i don't think we're doing bad at all so uh yeah i don't think it's really that uh difficult to um to keep growing because mm. many kids they have their catholic friends at their youth group and then they give their Catholic friends the invite, and then uh, it's that chain reaction. And we're starting to see people that like go to each other's parishes, and they didn't even. We had one uh, person that. All right, hold we, that thought right there, Will. We'll come back to you when we go back on the other side of this break. The Youth Apologetics is our guest. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is the Pope Paul VI Institute Minute with Dr. Tom Hilgers. The Church spoke directly to me in the challenges of Humana Vitae. My personal and professional life were changed forever. 
One physician in the book Physicians Healed wrote, quote, Humana Vitae made so much sense, I committed myself to cease providing contraceptive services to promote natural family planning. This book has received numerous other testimonies that read like this one about the lives and practices being changed because of the truth of Humana Vitae. The next generation of physicians who have accepted Humana Vitae and have discovered NAPRA technology are making the decision to dedicate their professional career to science that cooperates with natural regulation of fertility. They will not make the same mistakes as my generation, which accepted the birth control pill as a cover-all symptoms measure. The commitment of these new physicians is truly inspiring. Until next time, I'm Dr. Tom Hilgers. Log on to www.popepaul6.com. The universe is filled with order from top to bottom. And it's a beautiful order, and not only is it beautiful, it's order that we can actually comprehend. And it's almost as if we have been made to be able to comprehend that order in the universe, to be able to contemplate it so that we can see maybe that purpose behind it. Please visit Father Spitzer's website, magiscenter.com, to watch this beautiful and important video about purpose and God's creation. That's magiscenter.com. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Talk about inspired. Youth Apologetics is our guest right now, and they're very inspiring. Uh, their website, just go to their website, and we're going to link to their website, of course, but it's youth-apologetics.com is their website. It's a great resource, I, I dare I say, even for old people like me. Uh, youth-apologetics.com is their, uh, is their website. Now, uh, Will, we cut you off. I mean, that's part of my contract with the GRN is to cut important people off. And so you have made a very distinct list of incredible individuals on planet Earth who have been cut, you. I appreciate cut off by me. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. So uh, if you wanted to finish your, your, your point, uh, we want to give you that opportunity. There's uh, a few other points we want to get into as well before we run out of time with you. But, Will, you were saying before the break. Yeah, absolutely. I was just saying that uh, we don't find it too tough to grow because there's such a chain reaction of Catholic young people. And two people actually met on Youth Apologetics that went to the same parish and didn't even know each other. Um, so things like that are starting to happen. We're starting to see people join and uh, just join and like not even realize, oh, I have uh, some of my friends go to my some of my friends from this go to my parish. and I didn't even realize it. So I think uh, it's not going to be too tough to grow if we're seeing some kind of things like that. But uh, it may be tough once we have to start uh, like limiting the chat to like a certain number of people since we're also a, a community, not just a like uh, an apostolate for education. We're also sort of a community. So the only problem that uh, we may foresee is that um, it may be a little tough to, uh, to grow when we have to start restricting our chat to um, a thousand people or so. Wow. <laughs> Great problem to have. Wow, that's incredible. And so you guys have had thousands of people in your program from all over the world. You've had people converting to the Catholic faith. Um, what do you think is the source of all this success? Like, is it and you also the content you produced in your website is just so high quality. So do you guys have experience? Like, where is this coming from? Uh, no. Well, you know, I'm only 16. William's only 15. Uh, so we have a really young, uh, young group, I would say, you know, our, our admins, we have a couple older admins who are 20 or 21. But the median, the median age is probably around 18 or so for our entire group. And so we don't have a lot of 
experience uh, in that sense. But we, you know, when you have that drive, I think, and, um, you know, we just kind of let the Holy Spirit, you know, work within our lives. And it's, we, we just, we do our best. And, uh, you know, we're, we're fortunate to have a lot of really devoted members who are willing to put in a lot of time and effort to in developing the website and developing all these different resources and hosting uh, new speakers, great speakers, uh, high level, you know, high quality speakers as well. So it's, it's really just a matter of, you know, that, that devotion. So it's, it's been great. Tatiana, you're among the, uh, the oldest in the group, uh, the wise sages. How does that make you feel? You're 20 years old, but you're, you're at the upper echelon of the age structure there. How do you feel about that, Tatiana? Um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty good. I think, uh, we have a, like you said, we have a wide range of ages and, um, I think it's really good that we have younger kids that can um, kind of relate more. And then we have a little bit more life experience, just a little bit. Um, so it's nice that we have that wide range and we're able to kind of touch all our bases kind of. So it's it's pretty good. Now I understand because I want to I want to ask about the resources that you have on your website and and sort of the resource that you are trying to provide for youth all over the world now. And I understand one of those resources is the Bible in a Year program. Now maybe by this point we've all heard of uh, Father Mike Schmitz and his program, but maybe you can tell us about yours. Yeah, for sure. So I uh, not only do we have um, speakers on Zoom every week where we have this popular Catholic speaker give talks. Since we're also sort of a community, then we also do daily events. And one of the daily events we do is we have the Bible in a Year program. So we organize the Bible into different sections. So we do one Old Testament book, one wisdom book, and then one New Testament uh, book throughout like uh, we, at the same time. And then when we finish all of those, then uh, we move on to the next pair. So one of the things we're doing is we're offering a Bible study on Discord, as uh, Emily mentioned, that we have this Discord and then we can have these voice chats where just a few people hop on and then we do a Bible study and we really examine this text from a new perspective, from uh, the Catholic perspective, from a perspective people really haven't seen before. So yes, uh, one of the ways that we help reach the community by bringing these, uh, this, um, this scriptural uh, the scriptural study into the program because I think it was um, St. Augustine who said ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. So it's just one more way of uh, reaching our base. St. Jerome. Uh, it was Saint Saint, Jerome. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was St. Jerome, but uh, he and uh, St. Augustine used to arm wrestle all the time. So it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Now, Tatiana, we're getting a lot of comments on YouTube saying that people really love your Bible study. <laughs> yes. Your Bible study seems excellent. So can you tell us how do you sort of run this Bible study? Like, do you do research into the into the scripture? Where do you get your sources from? Right. OK, so um, me and another admin, uh, Joseph, we co-lead the Bible study together, and I know that he uses, um, for the Old Testament, I think Dr. Brent Preetree, uh, a commentary over the Old Testament. Um, we also both use uh, Dr. Brent Preetree's resources for the mass readings on Catholic productions for the gospel, um, so we do a lot of studying there. I use the um, New Biblical, New Jerome Biblical Commentary as well, um, so a lot of studying every day of preparing for these Bible studies and making sure um, <laughs> we kind of know what we're saying 
uh, when we're running it. Yeah. What What's the number one? Uh, what's the thing that surprises you the most among the group? Feedback, or comments, or or questions that you get. What What's the one thing that surprises you most, Jacob? Jacob, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right now, I have I have the YouTube pulled up as well at the at the moment, so I am kind of reading through the the live stream chat. And it's, it's really quite amazing to see all this praise that we're receiving because we did not at all, you know, uh, ask them to go and do this at all. We just kind of sent the link and said, hey, please, please watch this. You know, this is not us trying to uh, make us look any better than we are. This is all just them. But it's really, um, really nice. And, um, you know, we feel humbled in a sense because just like Tatiana said, you know, it, it, we put a lot of time into this and to see that. Everyone is having a really good experience and learning a lot from this. Um, that's really our main goal. And, you know, e even if we can reach just one person, which we've you know reached many, many more than that. But even with just one person, I think, you know, our, our goal, it would be satisfied. So, Will or Tatiana, anything that surprises you has kind of caught you off guard in this whole endeavor of youth apologetics? Uh, yeah, like Yaka mentioned, definitely the feedback from um, the members of Youth Apologetics. It's been quite phenomenal to see. Like when I joined this with Ethan, I thought it would be like 15 people on a group chat on Instagram just talking about a Catholic thing every few weeks. But it ended up being an entire organization that became international. And uh, we're having people like Dr. Peter Kreeft or Trent Horn come on willingly uh, to talk to us and then thanking us for having them on. So my, yeah, definitely the thing that most surprised me was how successful this would be, not only with the members, but also with, uh, with compete with, uh, high level speakers seeing this and, uh, thinking this is as good of an idea as we do. Tatiana, anything that surprises you, uh, or has surprised you or caught you off guard in the, in your involvement in youth apologetics? I guess the, the same sort of thing. We weren't expecting um, it to take it take off like this, and it, it's just been a great experience, uh, one after the other. And yeah, it's it's um, been just growing exponentially, and we can really just attribute that to our Lord. And it just Amen is so overwhelming. Um, and it, it's been a great experience. Now, do each of you have a Catholic communities full of people your age? Or do you think people are reaching out to this online community because they don't have one in their own personal lives? Jacob, maybe you can answer. Yeah, I mean, you know, William and I, we kind of uh, started like a, we started an online rosary. So back when the COVID shutdowns began with the churches, we, we saw this you know, decline, unfortunately, and a lot of people's um, personal spiritual lives. So we started doing rosaries each night together, and we sent the Zoom link to other people, asked if they wanted to join in. And we you know, saw a lot of people coming. I mean, we had 12 people, you know, 13, 15, 16, and so it just kind of started growing like that. But um, after a while, we were like, you know, this is not enough. And so we uh, reached out to even more people, wanted more people to come on. And I think it, it, it shows what people are craving to see that people are taking time out of their Saturday mm -hmm. evenings. We just ha had on um, uh, uh, Father Robert Sirico from the Acton Institute on Saturday evening. And so at 8 p.m. on Saturday, Eastern time, we had on Father Robert Sirico and he was talking about economics. And it's really just crazy to see that uh, 30 people come on to listen to a 
an old, you know, an old, an old father uh, speak about economics. And it's all these youth, you know, 13 to 18 years old. I mean, it's just mind blowing. And this is what the youth want, though. This is what they need. This is what they're craving. And if this is, you know, if we can give that to them, you know, well, why not? Right. So uh, I think it, it's we were just we're doing the Lord's work in a in a sense there. But, um, you know, we, we do focus a lot also on the tradition uh, of the church. We, we emphasize the Latin mass. We emphasize, you know, re- reception of the Holy Eucharist in the most reverent manner. We do, um, you know, we do, we do emphasize that, that a lot because we see the fruits of that. Um, William and I both come from more Novus Ordo parishes, but we have, you know, we've been converted in that sense to going back to a more traditional aspect and look at that. And we've seen a lot of um, young women who have begun veiling, who have you know, been looking at that as well. And I've started doing that. Um, we've had a lot of people going and saying, you know, I, I can't receive communion on hand anymore. I, I really just, that's not the right well, way. I, I want to receive Yacob, we're going to have to, again, you've now joined the list of people I have cut off. And uh, so congratulations to both of you. You should get like a gold star or something out of that. But uh, we're going to have to cut you off because we're out of time. We'll have to have you back. We'll have that conversation. That'll be fun. But uh, Yacob and William and Tatiana from Youth Apologetics, God love you all. Thank you for being on our program today. And thank you for what you've uh, done for our faith and our future. Thank you so much for having us. Highly recommend you check out youth-apologetics.com. Youth-apologetics.com for all the details. And uh, parents, great resource for your kids. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time has a whole other hour coming if you can join us on our live streams. We'd love to have you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Why do Protestants not believe John 6 when it says that Jesus' flesh is real food and that his blood is real drink? I don't know. In Matthew 26, Mark 14, and Luke 22, Jesus says of the bread, this is my body. He says of the wine, this is my blood. Not this is symbolic of or this represents. He says this is. In John 6, he repeats himself like he does nowhere else in Scripture to emphasize the fact that he expects us to eat his flesh and drink his blood and that his flesh is real food and that his blood is real drink. Anyone who says he is speaking symbolically and not literally simply is refusing to look at all the facts. Fact number one, the Jews took him literally. We see that in verse 52. Fact number two, his disciples took him literally. We see that in verse 60. Fact number three, the apostles took him literally. Verses 67 to 69. If everyone who heard him speak at the time took him literally, then my question is, why does anyone today, 2,000 years after the fact, take him symbolically? Also, in verse 51 of John 6, Jesus says that the bread which he will give for the life of the world is his flesh. When did he give his flesh for the life of the world? On the cross. Was that symbolic? If you think Jesus is speaking symbolically here when he says that we must eat his flesh and drink his blood, then you must also conclude that Jesus' death on the cross was only symbolic. It wasn't really Jesus hanging up there. It was symbolic flesh and symbolic blood. Jesus is clearly talking about the flesh that he gave for the life of the world. 
He did that on the cross. Those who believe he is talking symbolically here in John 6 have a real problem when it comes to John 6, verse 51. Did Jesus give us his real flesh and blood for the life of the world? Or was it only his symbolic flesh and blood? A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hey Donnie, in what gospel do we find the Hail Mary prayer? The gospel of Luke. Do we worship Mary? No. What do we do? Ask her to pray for us. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Wow. Just wrapped up a great conversation with the Youth Apologetics and their their crew over on YouTube is blowing up the, the comment box there. And uh, it's really inspiring. It's truly inspiring, inspiring to read those comments. So uh, maybe we'll cover some of that in the after show today. Uh, I would love to anyway. Praise be to God. Um, so we'll also post that conversation all by itself later today on our YouTube and Rumble channels. You can check that out. I think we also post on Facebook as well. But today, in this hour, we are going to have uh, another opportunity to win some cool prizes. And this week is a beautiful handcrafted rosary from one of our listeners. So I'm excited to give that away. And your chance to have three opportunities to get into the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence will be coming up shortly. So make sure that you have the phone number ready to go. Make sure that, uh, you know, it's because it's the first caller who gets on. And if you if you tried last week and weren't able to get on, boy, it's a whole new week. It's a whole new opportunity. And we hope to uh, hear from you uh, in the game show segment coming up. So we'll have the uh, breaking news and stories with Emily here in a moment. We'll have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. We'll have the game show and the opportunity to win some prizes. Plus, we'll have the after show. And uh, we have uh, all tons of comments and such. And there, if I have time, I want to share with you a story that Angela, one of our incredible uh, superfan listeners, uh, shared with me via email uh, in regards to Father Patrick Payton and the movie Pray. We had that conversation last week. So hopefully I'll get to that uh, as well today. So there's a ton of Catholic Drive Time headed your way still in this hour. And we're very grateful you are here. But the team is here as well. Good morning to you, Emily. Good morning, Joe. That interview last hour was just so wonderful. Very inspiring. So inspiring. And the the young people today, I mean, they give you so much hope, the young Catholics. Speaking of hope and young, uh, Adrian Fonseca is here. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. <laughs> although, although, you are probably... A little too old, actually, to join the youth apologetics. No, not yet. We I asked in the uh, in the chat how old they have to be to uh, to be able to join. They said under twenty five. So you know, I, I meet the mark. Me and Emily uh, can still be part of the youth apologetics. We need an old uh, person apologetics group. 
Maybe, that, I, can, that's maybe just called, I could lead that. That's just called apologetics. Called <laughs> <laughs> well, the new or old apologetics is what we should. I don't know. Stop trying to get on our uh, on our based white pill uh, stream, y'all. <laughs> Yo, we need a, a seniors apologetics program that I can run. That'd be awesome. Well, praise be to God. It's so inspiring to see their love for the faith, their zeal for the faith, and seeing that community being so, like, all over the world, right? That's the inspiring part to me, too. So praise God. All right. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and pray and jump into this hour. We have so much content still to, uh, to bring to you in this hour in the game show. I'm so excited about new opportunities to give away this handcrafted, beautiful designed rosary from, uh, one of our listeners, Beth. Uh, we're, we're going to be giving that away this week. So all of that plus much more. Let's pray. Uh, dear listener, we're praying for your intentions, whatever your intentions are. We're going to include those with ours, our team here. Uh, our radio apostolate, of course, the provision for for what we do to reach uh, reach the world with the good, the true, and the beautiful. Let's ask Our Lady to intercede on all of our behalf by whispering these intentions into the ear of her Son, that he may draw us ever so more closely into his most sacred heart. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known. That anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. On Wednesday, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem signed into law historic protections for babies born alive after failed abortions. After signing House Bill 1051, Governor Noem said, The pro-life cause continues even after a child is born. Today, I signed Born Alive legislation to guarantee the right to life for every baby that is born alive. HB 1051, also called an act to maintain the life of any child born alive, mandates that medical professionals provide the same level of medical care to all babies, including those who survive botched abortions. The law also includes sanctions for violators and new reporting requirements for facilities or physicians that commit abortions. Some people have been experiencing facial paralysis after receiving COVID vaccines. Researchers from the Boston Children's Hospital recently found that the observed incidence of Bell's palsy in the vaccine arms is between three to seven times higher than would be expected in the general population. Bell's palsy is a condition that causes pain, distorted facial features, and an inability to speak, drink, or eat normally. Conditions usually improve within six months. The Food and Drug Administration initially said that there was no causal relationship between the COVID vaccines and Bell's palsy, but they have since removed that statement from their notes. An investigation by a Vancouver, Canada Catholic newspaper has uncovered evidence that at least one of the region's publicly funded health authorities has been offering patients euthanasia or assisted suicide without the patient requesting it. Though euthanasia and assisted suicide are legal in Canada, the health authority guidelines state that the patient must be the one to raise the issue. Officially known in Canada as Medical Aid in Dying, or MAID, euthanasia and physician-assisted suicide were legalized in the country in 2016. Since then, over 14,000 people have ended their lives through MAID. 
The Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops have repeatedly challenged the government to upgrade and promote palliative care options instead of assisted suicide laws. And Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI addressed conspiracy theories about his resignation as Pope in an interview with an Italian newspaper on Monday. The Pope Emeritus said, quote, It was a difficult decision, but I made it in full consciousness, and I think I did the right thing. Some of my friends who are a bit fanatical are still angry. They didn't want to accept my choice. I think that the conspiracy theories that followed it some said it was because of the Vatileak scandal. Some said it was because of a conspiracy of the gay lobby. Some said it was because of the case of the conservative Lefevian theologian Richard Williamson. They do not want to believe in a choice made consciously, but my conscience is fine. <laughs> Benedict XVI ended his eight-year-long pontificate by resigning in 2013, becoming the first pope to do so in almost 600 years. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Blessed Villana de Boti, pray for us. She was born in 1332 in Florence, Italy. She was the daughter of Andrew de Boti, a merchant. Villana was a pious child. At the age of 13, she ran away from her home to join a convent, but she was refused and had to return home. But soon after returning home, her family married her to Rosso di Piero. But the rejection at the convent and this arranged marriage seemed to change something in Blessed Villana. She suddenly became lazy and worldly, concerned only with pleasure. One day, as she was getting dressed for some type of entertainment, her reflection in all of her mirrors suddenly changed to the image of a demon. Villana understood this to be a reflection of her sin-laden soul. She tore off her clothes, put on something poor and simple, and ran to the Dominican fathers of Santa Maria Novella for help. She became a Dominican tertiary. She concentrated her life on her vocation as a, as a married wife and mother, and she spent her time praying, reading scripture, reading the lives of the saints. Her desire to atone for her earlier life sometimes overwhelmed her, and her husband and family had to stop her from begging door to door and doing other severe penances. She was given to religious ecstasies at Holy Mass, but became the object of much ridicule and slander. Her health suffered, but she received visions of Our Lady and of the saints and had the gift of prophecy. Even her fiercest opponents eventually came to her and to see her as a living saint. She died on January 29, 1361. Her body was taken to Saint, uh, Santa Maria Novella, but the fathers were unable to bury her for a month due to the constant crowds of mourners that came to visit her. Blessed Villana de Boti, pray for us. The gospel comes to us today from Luke chapter 6, verses 36 through 38. Jesus said to his disciples, Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Stop judging, and you will not be judged. Stop condemning, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and gifts will be given to you, a good measure. Packed together, shaken down, and overflowing will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you measure will in return be measured out to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
you know, this is one of those verses, one of those passages where we, we read this and it always convicts us. It always stabs us directly in the heart, does it not? I know it does for me. I'm sure it does for most of you too. But uh, this is like a, a sort of an upgrade, sort of a, a taking it to the next step of Leviticus 19.2. In Leviticus, God is calling his people to be holy, to imitate God's holiness. We might recall Jesus himself saying in Matthew chapter 5, uh, be righteous as your heavenly Father is righteous. Or some, some translations will say perfect. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. But like here in Matthew chapter 5, what happens right after is the forgiveness of your enemies. To love your enemies. Mercy and justice go hand in hand. Too often we take one and get rid of the other, but what we're supposed to do is have both. In the Old Testament, the people were set apart. They were set uh, consecrated uh, to God himself, set apart from the Gentiles that surrounded them. They were freed from the slavery of paganism out of Egypt. But to what end? Was it to be isolated and on their own, uh, this little group of righteous people? No, not at all. In fact, their original mission was to be consecrated, to set apart, to make distinct the, themselves from the paganism, the, the sinfulness of their Gentiles. Gentile neighbors, so that their neighbors might then become uh, brought back into the family, become children of God. They had a mission. Unfortunately, the golden calf changed all of that. And Jesus reminds us of this mission now. We are to be set apart, distinct in holiness and righteousness. But to what end? To our own end? No. We are to also love our neighbor. We are to be merciful but not to just leave people in the sinfulness that they find themselves, but help them to achieve uh, righteousness and holiness and sanctity for themselves so that we can all go to heaven because God loves all of his children, not just some of his children. He loves everyone and wants us to spread that good news to the world. Emily, Adrian? Yeah, for me, I personally see this passage as um, sort of a reminder that we are not saviors. Jesus Christ is the savior. And uh, although we can do what we can to pray for others, to reach out to others, to to perform spiritual and corporal works of mercy, um, at the end of the day, we don't have the power to change their souls. We don't have the power to to change people. That's the grace from God that causes that transformation. Um, and so that's what I take away from this reading. Adrian? Yes. Yeah, so the thing from Cornelius Talapide says that whenever we give to others, uh, our Lord becomes the debtor. So the person who we give to uh, takes it on as a gift, but because of the justice of God, he chooses to take on the debt that you gave, and so he become you become a lender, and our Lord becomes the loan, uh, the person who receives the loan, and he will pay you back uh, tenfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold of what you gave, but not immaterial wealth. You're not going to become a millionaire, not necessarily. But what will happen is God will bless you and you'll receive the grace of God. Uh, so I think that's very important uh, to note. Uh, but yeah. All right. Praise be to God. Guess what's coming up here in just a moment? The game show. This week is a new opportunity to win and get in on the uh, coffee cup of divine providence because every week we give out a new prize. We have uh, new opportunities and every entry into the coffee cup of divine providence gets you a chance to have your name pulled out, should it be God's will, of course, uh, and uh, receive the prize. Last week we had, uh, was it Nick that called in? I think on Friday. And not only did he have a perfect score, like he got all three questions right. 
uh, but he also had his name drawn out. So it was a fun time to see that. But your chance is coming up right now. If you want to play and be a contestant in our game show, if you've never played before, this is a great chance. If you haven't played in at least a month or more, this is another opportunity. Here's the phone number, 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Blessed John Paul II once said, As the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live. How easy it is to point fingers and place blame for the mess in which our society has found itself. But stop just for a minute and ask... What have I done to make it better? Is my family doing anything to improve the world? Possibly the most effective thing a family can do for society is pray together regularly. Pray for our president every single day. Pray for all our government leaders, our bishops and priests, our teachers, our military, our business owners. Create a list of family petitions. If the teenager puts an anonymous prayer request on the list, let it be anonymous. Prayer is our greatest weapon to change the nation and the world. Remember what Father Patrick Payton said, the family that prays together stays together. This has been a minute for your marriage and family with Balanced Families Ministries. So many of us carry such heavy burdens. She's having a relationship with George. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Deep within, we struggle because sin separates us from God. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience a fresh start. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Having trouble with your car radio? No worries. The Guadalupe Radio Network has just released our new version of our app. With the app, you can get a crystal clear connection of your local station no matter where you are. You can also listen to podcasts of past shows and find more ways to connect with us. Getting the new app is easy. Just search the App Store on your phone for the Guadalupe Radio Network and either download it or if you already have it, choose the update option. Happy listening. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, That is the phone number. We're looking for that first caller right now to be our contestant uh, to start us off with this week's uh, trivia game show prize pack. We're looking forward to speaking to you soon, but uh, call right now. Phone lines are open, so it's a great opportunity. If you've never played and you want to play, well, it's now is your chance. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Nine four two four. So here's how the game works. If uh, you're just joining us, and you're like, what is this? It's a Catholic trivia game show. I have three Catholic trivia questions, but here's the kicker. Here's the catch. I don't ask the caller the questions. I don't. I ask Emily and I ask Adrian the questions. One of them will be right and the other will be wrong. The question is, who's right and who's wrong? The caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a choice 
Who do they trust more? Do they trust Emily? Do they trust Adrian? And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. And Emily, tell us what they can win. This week's prize is a handcrafted rosary from giftsbybeth.com. So Gifts by Beth, which you can find on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram, um, is one of our listeners, actually. She makes these handmade rosaries. Um, there's glass rosaries, gemstone rosaries, bracelets, auto rosaries, and she also makes jewelry, earrings and bracelets and necklaces. So if you're looking for a confirmation gift for maybe a, a, a niece or a woman in your life, this would make a great gift. All right. Praise be to God. We're very excited about uh, Beth's uh, generous underwriting of our prize this week. And if you try to call in today, God love you. God bless you. Thank you for trying to call in today. We're very grateful to you. If you don't get in on the contest, tomorrow is a new chance. Keep that phone number handy. But uh, let's go to the phones now. Sandra, good morning to you. Thanks for being on the show. Good morning. Thank you. Praise be to God, Sandra. Where are you calling from? Uh, from Houston, Texas. Hey now, Houston, Texas. Uh, did you did you fare the uh, snowmageddon uh, fairly well? The freezing snowstorm we had a couple weeks ago. Uh, we are fine. Uh, three of the rooms also got well. Uh, one of uh, the pipes broke, uh, broke. Oh no! And we got some damage. Uh, we're still waiting for insurance, but yeah, we're well, we're we're fine. So it's just the you know the damage in the house, but we are. Alive. <laughs> Praise be to God. It counts, doesn't yes. it? Well, Sandra, where do you go yeah. to church? Where do you go to church? Um, to San Ignatius of Loyola Catholic ah. Church in Spring, Texas. Sure. It's a nice, big, beautiful parish up there. Well, we're, yeah. we're, we're excited, Sandra. Are you familiar with how the game is played? Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, we try to listen to it when, you know, sometimes I'm driving and I have my daughter with me, so sometimes we both kind of get the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Good. All right, so then you know you have to keep a careful ear out for Emily and Adrian because one is right and the other will be wrong, So and they may try to trick you, so you just got to be you got to be careful. But uh, are you ready to go, Sandra? Yes. All right, here we go. Emily, we will start with you, as is our custom. Are you ready? Yes. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Absolutely. All right. Emily, can you tell me what happened to Adam and Eve on account of their sin? What happened to them? Yeah, what happened on to them? On account of their sin, uh, they sinned and they lost their salvation. They lost their salvation. Seems reasonable. Because they disobeyed God. Yeah. Let's just see what... Uh, Adrian has to say, Adrian, can you tell me what happened to Adam and Eve on account of their sin? Uh, let's see. They a lot of things happened uh, because of that. One was they lost sanctifying grace. Mm. Two, they were driven out of the uh, out of the garden. And three, they uh, lost their right to heaven. Wow, very specific there. So let's just recap for clarity. Adrian says they lost sanctifying grace. They uh, lost their right to heaven, and they were driven from the Garden of Gethsemane, or rather, Paradise. There's right. a typology a link there. Big Just, difference there. But the Garden of Paradise. All right, so those three things is all Adrian is saying. Emily is saying they lost, what was it, Emily? Their salvation. They lost their salvation. So who's right, who's wrong? 15 seconds on the clock, Sandra. Who is it, Emily or Adrian? What say you? Uh, I would say Emily. Survey says, 
Oh, oh. Now, she's not wrong. She's not entirely wrong. They did lose that sanctifying that grace. It's oh. true, but they also were kicked out of the garden and they uh, lost mm. their right to heaven, which was meant they yeah, needed to be redeemed. Oh, uh, my daughter is with me. She just told me. Oh! <laughs> but guess what? We have uh, two more chances at the prize, uh, so don't fret. We still have an opportunity here to get you in on this prize. Sandra, <laughs> let's see what we can do for this next question. We'll start with Adrian this time. Uh, Adrian, are you ready? Oh, yes. Okay, here we go. Adrian, can you tell me what is the term for the erroneous belief that the body and blood of Christ coexist with the substance of bread and wine. Let me just clarify. What is the term for the erroneous belief that both the body and blood of Jesus and the bread and wine can be present at the same time? Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with um, the indwelling. The indwelling. Hmm. Let's just see. Emily, can you tell me what is the term... For the wrong belief that both the body and blood of Jesus and the bread and wine as a substance can be present at the same time. Okay, so the word for this is um, from the wrong Lutheran theology. They believe in consubstantiation. Mm. Con means with. So um, they believe that the the bread exists with Christ. Adrian, what was your answer one more time? Indwelling. Indwelling. All right, so Adrian is on the hook for indwelling and emily is on the hook for consubstantiation 15 seconds on the clock who's right who's wrong sandra what say you i have no idea their answer you get a 50 uh, 50 shot emily <laughs> survey says there we go congratulations <laughs> sandra you did it well done you got a 50 50 shot and you guessed correctly now uh, Martin Luther embraced this idea. The, and the concept, Adrian, is once the priest uh, consecrates the species, uh, it be no longer is bread and it is no longer wine. It is truly the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Correct? Absolutely. The uh, correct answer versus the erroneous is transubstantiation. The uh, bread and wine had no longer are bread and wine. It is now the body and blood of Christ, whereas consubstantiation is the erroneous view held by Luther, Calvin, uh, the Anglicans, and uh, many others that hold that the bread and wine remain, and Jesus is just with it. It's there next to it. Kind Sandra, of together. Look, you got a very complicated question right. Congratulations. That's amazing. So praise be to God. Transubstantiation good, consubstantiation bad. That's a way to boil that Basically. down. Basically. All right. So, all right. Third question. You're in the coffee cup of divine providence for the prize this week, Sandra. Congratulations. Let's see if we can get you in there again. Uh, back to Emily this time. Emily, are you ready to go? Yes. Emily, can you tell me what is the term given to a marriage that was invalid but was contracted in good faith? By at least one of the members. Oh, this sounds like a tricky situation to be in. Um, I believe this is called a putative marriage. That sounds pretty reasonable to me. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me what the term is that's given to a marriage that was invalid, but was contracted in good faith by at least one member? Maybe an example, like... People were married outside of the church and then became Catholic after or something like that. They were married in good faith, but 
It was something that made it invalid. What do we call that? Marriage. A fake marriage. A fa- <laughs> is that your final answer? Simulation of a sacrament. Is that your final answer? Yes. Okay, so Adrian's on the hook for fake. Emily's on the hook for putative. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's obvious? Sandra, what say you? What answer is fast uh, about right? So, um, it's a fake marriage, but also I think the right word for that would be what Emily described. Survey says. I'll go with Emily. Hey, there yes. we go. Hey. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure fake is not a canonical term. I'm just going to throw that out. <laughs> not there. usually. Right. Not usually. <laughs> I mean, I didn't go to like uh, I didn't go to Notre Dame or anything, but uh, I'm pretty sure fake is not the official term. But uh, congratulations. Those were three kind of tricky questions, Sandra, but you did pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah, those were really tricky. Well, praise be to God. Hopefully we all learned something today and uh, we had fun doing it. And you now have two chances at the uh, prize this week. So you're in the coffee cup of divine providence. And uh, if it be God's will, your name might be called on Friday. So you'll have to tune in Friday again to see if that's the case. But uh, God love you, Sandra. We're going to put you on hold so we get your phone number just in case. But thank you for being on our program today. Yeah, thank you. My daughter is with me. Hi, everybody. All right. Hello. Thank you for being on our show, too. God love you both. We're going to put you on hold now, and uh, praise be to God for your for your participation today. That's going to do it for the radio side of Catholic Drive Time. The Holy Mass will begin here in a moment. Don't forget, if you want to get in on the Mercedes giveaway, your chance to win that is going to be running out very shortly today. I think today is the cutoff. So go to grnonline.com to make sure you purchase your raffle tickets. We get the awesome opportunity to reveal the winner of the Mercedes either this week or next. I can't recall. I think it's this Friday, maybe. But uh, So tune in. Friday's going to be a big day. We'll give a Mercedes. We'll give the prize from Beth away. Friday is a big day, so tune in for that. But if you can hang out with us for the after show today... We're going to hang out with you and have a conversation uh, with you on the comment on the comments on the show. All of it is up for grabs. Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Just search for at GRN online and be a part of our after show program. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern for Catholic Drive Time. Thank you for joining us on your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. I just got caught trying to sneak a little protein in and uh, didn't work out well, very well for me. But uh, it, thanks for hanging out with us in the after show. We have Christine Niles on. Uh, good morning to you, Christine. Christine Niles. I guess she'll be on with us in a minute. I see her on the Zoom chat, but... Hopefully, uh, she'll join us here in a second. But I see tons of comments, too. And good morning to all of you. Praise be to God. Um, yeah, I see somebody who's like, a Mercedes for real? Yes, we're going to give away a Mercedes. 
I think it's on Friday. We're very excited about that. It's part of our fundraising efforts here at the Guadalupe Radio Network. And so, but we get to, as a team, announce the winner. And I think we'll do that on Friday. Praise be to God. Great show today, Emily. Oh, yeah. It went so well. I mean, the youth apologetics, they were great. Their whole squad showed up on YouTube to to show their support. And really, the work that they're doing is so incredible. And you really know that the Holy Spirit is present. You can see that because, of course, Christ said you will know them by their fruits. And they're having great fruits from their uh, Bible studies. Yeah. Praise be to God. Um, So there's lots of comments. uh, But like I said, we were trying to get Christine Niles on earlier in the show in the What's Concerning Us section. And uh, she wasn't able to join us for that, but uh, I think she jumped on the Zoom call. Christine, are you there? It looks like she's having some trouble connecting. Okay. Um, well, if she jumps on, we will we'll go to her. Uh, until then, maybe we'll read some of these comments. Um, I, I didn't read them out loud, but I know uh, Jesus has been commenting because it's a favorite of, of of Adrian. They have like some sort of contract or something where. Uh, Jesus sings Adrian's praises. He's required to say at least three nice things about me uh, well, at least a, a day. Is it like an Uber friend service or something like that? Yes, like a it rent, is. Rent, actually, rent a fan or how does that work? That's exactly how that works. We actually, I have to uh, pay him uh, hourly uh, for every hour that he thinks up of a good compliment. It takes him hours, it takes him like days to come up with a compliment. Uh, but is there I have like to an pay him app for that? For that? Do you have like rent, rent, a, like a, Do you have to take out a loan? Fan or how does that work? Can you play with a cryptocurrency? It's called iFriend. Yeah, iFriend. iFriend. I praise be to God. Because it's not a real friend. It's not a your. It's not a real friend. It's an iFriend. You know? <laughs> Jesus is saying, "Go, Adrian." Uh, deceiving, deceiving Emily. Deceiving Emily. So so <gasps> so ser- serpentish. Ouch. Why, why like, is a serpent? Coined in a whole new world word there. Serpentish. Um, those were tough questions, man. In hindsight, <laughs> they were really hard. Those were, those were tough okay. questions. I picked these on Friday before I went for the weekend, and I probably should have uh, created a little bit more balance in the in the lineup of questions today. But Sandra took it like a champ. Got two out of the three right. Praise be to God. Yeah, and Emily didn't help by giving her que- her answer was t- technically correct, <laughs> but it wasn't the full. It wasn't the most answer. correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was good. Uh, I thought the the question of um, putative marriages was was also is a good question, but a difficult it's question. Very tough. A difficult question very for sure. Tough, for Marital sure. law and canon law is might be one of the messiest things to be in. I don't know how people do that. Um, so there's a couple things I would like to do. Christine's trying to get on. She's having some communication issues. So if she jumps on, we'll go to her and we'll get some updates from some of the stories Church Militant was reporting on, which is what we were wanting to do in the What's Concerning Us section. But um, there is, uh, there's a couple of things we can do in the meantime. Um, Angelo sent me an email last week. He's one of our super fans. He's on our email list. And Angelo uh, sent me he, – he also won – one of the uh, the free downloads of Pray, the Father uh, story of Patrick Payton, and um, he sent me this email. And it turns out he and I were on retreat together last year, year before, back in 2019. I participated in a retreat out in Castorville, and uh, and he was there too. So it was super cool to connect with him that way. But um, he he shared this story. I want to. Re- he said I can share this with you. He said several months ago I searched YouTube for videos to follow the rosary and found one that I liked because it allowed you to recite your part while it was silent. I think I know which one he's talking about because I've also used that. 
He says, it is presented by satis cogitum. How do I say that? Cog- cognitum. Cognitum. I don't know how to say that properly in Latin. But however, he says, however, during that time while searching, I remember coming across a video of the rosary in black and white that presented a visual story of the mysteries, the joyful, sorrowful, glorious, and luminous. I thought it was beautiful, but couldn't remember who presented it. You see, I'm awful in remembering names, even with friends and family. It seems to be getting worse. I guess the norm of becoming older, 58 on March 24th, you're not that old, Angela. Don't worry about it. Says, so your interview with Father David was the first time I had heard about Father Patrick Payton. I have heard the slogan, the family that prays together stays together, but never knew the story or the person behind it. During the interview, I believe Father David mentioned about Father Peyton doing a video on black and white on the rosary. I told myself, when I get home from work, I have to remember to search YouTube for the video you mentioned by Father David. You can imagine my shock and joy this evening when my search on YouTube found the rosary video to be the same video I came across months ago. Praise be to Jesus. God is so good says, I have tears of joy writing this email to you. God heard my prayers months ago and has led me to your beautiful show and to hear Father David about uh, Father Peyton. I can't wait for us as a family to watch together and pray. I know this will help my daughters join us in praying the rosary. Needless to say, I'll be following Father Peyton video rosary each day. Praise be to God. That's a great story, Angelo. Thank you for uh, sharing that with us. I wanted to share that with uh, the audience, so I asked. And he said, yeah, please share. Please Praise be to God. I see Christine is on now with us. Christine, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? Praise God, I'm alive. And that counts. Good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> exactly. Great to be back. Yes, thank you. Uh, we have uh, a little over 10 minutes left uh, in our program today. A- Adrian has to leave early. He's got another job to do after this. Uh, now, you guys at Church Militant were reporting on, there was one story that was sort of an update to the Chicago story, and that involved Father Kahalchek. I think I, that's how you say his name. Is that how you say his name? Uh, Father Kalchik. Kalchik, thank mm-hmm. you. So uh, this was a, the, the case where Father Montabano was discovered deceased in a very compromising and scandalous way, and they sort of covered up the story a little bit. And the new priest, Father Kalchik, uh, took the banner the, that had the rainbow on it and had it burned as a way of making reparation. And yes. he obviously had to basically go in hiding, I guess. So uh, there's, yes. there's an update to this story. Maybe you can share that with us. Um, well, right now, um, so what happened was that happened back, I believe, in 2018. He had to leave because some thugs from the Chantry essentially threatened to arrest him unless he went to St. Luke's Rehab Center. And he said, I'm not going because there's nothing wrong with me and I did nothing wrong. And so he essentially had to leave. And right now he is in a canonical battle between uh, himself and Cardinal Supich. And he actually won. He won his case. It took wow. a long time in the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith. And he wasn't quite sure because of the way things are in the Vatican right now. He wasn't quite sure how things would go. But the CDF came down soundly on Father Kalchik's side, wow. saying that Supich had no right to remove him as a pastor. Um, but not very surprisingly, um, Supich is kind of refusing to obey the CDF. And he is fighting this, and he's trying to devise other ways to get uh, Father Kalchik removed as pastor, because you can't really canonically remove a pastor unless for specific reasons. And Supic is trying to devise reasons like he's psychologically unfit, which is absolutely false. Um, 
So it is, it really is, you know, this, please keep praying for the situation because it's very stressful and it's gone on for years now and there seems to be no end in sight. And uh, the entire thing is just very controversial and very scandalous. Where so is, if you could please pray. Absolutely. Where is Father Kalchik now? I mean, I don't need to know his address, but where generally I'm actually is he? not allowed to say. <laughs> not allowed to say. I'm okay. sorry. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I guess what I mean, I want to know in like in a very vague or more general standpoint, not in this physical location, but like, is he just laying low or is he serving in ministry someplace? Or, I mean, anything you could tell us in a more vague way? Well, um, the, the problem is that Cardinal Supic, it has restricted his ministry for no reason, really. It's very unjust. And so, you know, the Father Kalchik is essentially in limbo. And it's really the cruelest thing that you can do to a priest is cut him off from his ministry, mm. essentially cut him off from his vocation, because that's what a priest loves to do. He loves to give the sacraments. He loves to hear confession. He loves to offer the Eucharist. He lo that's what a priest does. And to cut him off from that is really such a cruel thing to do. So right now he's just kind of on ice. He's mm. not really, you know, able to do very much at all. So, but if he won his case from the from the Vatican, will he go back to ministry? Will he have to be incarnated elsewhere? Well, he does have the right to say private masses. He does have the right to say private masses, so he can he can do that. Um, but yeah, it's not quite clear what the future will be for him because I do, clearly he doesn't feel comfortable going back to Cardinal Supic in Chicago. He doesn't feel comfortable. He doesn't trust him. So it's not quite sure what he's going to do in the future. Mm. Christine Niles mm. is on with us right now, and we're talking about a couple of stories that's been reported over at churchmilitant.com. You can check them out. We'll, we'll also link to them. Uh, this Chicago story is one of them. It's been an update there, and I, I guess there was also a deacon that received some sort of threat of uh, uh, Deacon yes. Rivera. Can you tell us about that? Correct. So the deacon there, who was a longtime parishioner at Father Caltrick's parish, he was actually one of the original three men who found Father Montalbano in the that morning. Sorry, phone <laughs> call. Um, and so he's an eyewitness of what happened, and he knows exactly how the um, archdiocese tried to cover everything up. And he received a phone call from someone in the chancery, essentially threatening him that if he were to go public about this and reveal what he saw, uh, his family would be in danger. Wow! I mean, that's a terrible thing. That's a terrible thing. This is how the mob operates. Apparently, the mob in Chicago is alive and well. That's very uh, tragic and <laughs> yeah. concerning for sure. It really is. Well, yeah. um, so again, we'll post links. I think there was some uh, Vortex videos on both of these stories. I'm not sure if there was an article on this story. I did see articles on the on the Detroit situation. Maybe you can tell us about the situation with Father Sui and his removal in Detroit and where that story stands. Sure. And the reason this story matters about Father Sui, because it's not just um, pertinent to Detroit Catholics. It matters to all Catholics in the United States because Archbishop Alan Vigneron is next in line to be president of the entire U.S. Bishops Conference. And this is the same archbishop who's allowing this scandal to continue in his archdiocese with his permission. So very quickly for viewers who may not be aware of what's going on, Father Michael Sui is a very faithful Orthodox pastor, and he was just abruptly removed as pastor. And the archdiocese essentially concocted the reason that he was overworked. He was overwhelmed with his jobs. But his parishioners said that doesn't make any sense. He never seemed overworked to us. He actually loved what he was doing. He did a great job. Um, and it turns out later on, after Father Sui got a canon lawyer, he actually issued a statement saying, actually, I reported 
homosexual grooming and harassment from the director of music of the archdiocese, who also happens to be the organist for the archbishop at his cathedral. I reported that a year ago, and they're essentially punishing me for reporting that. Now, after Church Milton kind of, we got undercover footage essentially proving that this organist was actually, in fact, living in an active homosexual relationship for 15 years. We got undercover video where he's admitting that. That's when he was forced out of his position. That just happened a little over a week ago. Oh, wow. Uh, but so, but Father Sui's sidelined over that. Um, Wee Dong, who was a parishioner who taught at the school, is, is also out of a job because he defended Father Sui too vigorously. And we just learned this, that in spite of the public statements that uh, Joe Balistrieri, who's the organist, the gay organist, that he had so left his post, he was still welcomed at a local Catholic um, parish just Friday to play the organ. So he, he's still being welcomed in local parishes. It, it's quite a scandal. Christine Niles is our guest. Churchmilitant.com is the website where you can find links. We're going to post links to these stories as well on our, our social feed. So we encourage you to check them out and look into them. And it uh, gives us lots to pray about this uh, yeah. holy season of Lent. Uh, you know, um, I, I think it was 2019, we had a plethora of scandals to report upon going into the lockdown. And since the lockdown, uh, a lot has gone quiet. And then now we're starting to see things uh, you know, come back out, and there's lots of stories we've been reporting on uh, in relation to the church. Financial stories have been terrible over the last year, and uh, to see the updates on these stories, you know, it just reminds us that uh, we're called to greater a greater call of holiness and acts of reparation for these kinds of sins that are committed. Um, how are you spending, I know we have a couple of minutes left with you, but before we have to say goodbye, how are you spending your Lent? I mean, it's tough living in this 24-7 news cycle as a professional journalist, I'm sure I'm sure you, you have to take a breather. How do you manage the process uh, going into uh, in this season of Lent? I'm actually glad that you brought up, you know, prayer and reparation for all these scandals and problems in the church today. That's something I like to remind Catholics. This is the season of Lent. It's the perfect time to be doing this. And boy, does our church really need it. And that really is the answer. I mean, we can complain and kvetch and all, all that all we want, but there will be no change or reform in the church until we as Catholics really get on our knees, start praying from the heart, start doing reparation, sacrifice, fasting, mortifications. And, you know, as far as me and what I'm doing, I'm trying to increase in addition to the regular sacrifices that I always do every year, like no sweets and, you know, less wine or less coffee or things that I like, I'm trying to spend more time in adoration. And I know it's difficult because some adoration chapels are now closed because of COVID, but, you know, there's a lot of online options. There's all sorts of online perpetual adoration you can find on YouTube. There's also savior.org. I highly recommend Catholics, please spend time with our Lord in adoration. It's tremendous for your soul and it, it's tremendous graces also for the world, and our world needs those graces right now. You just reminded me something about uh, uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, who'd make the holy hour every day, and there were many cases where he was traveling and couldn't get into a church because the doors were locked or whatever. He would go stand by the wall closest to the tabernacle for his right. holy hour just to be... Yeah. So e e even that, we like even yes. all of our excuses have been taken away <laughs> yeah. because we could at least yeah. stand next to the wall by the back where exactly. the tabernacle prayerfully is, right? I mean, right. Uh, so exactly. we, we all have opportunities here, but the, the need for reparation... Is, is a mandate from heaven that many Catholics have sort of, I, and I'm thinking of myself here, have sort of forgotten that we're called to, to make these acts of reparation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we need to. We need to. And it's a wonderful thing. And like I said, 
you know, you may think, oh, this is a sacrifice. I've got to sacrifice however much time I have. It doesn't have to be a full hour. If you can't do a full hour, go do 10 minutes, 15, whatever. But you're the one who leaves blessed. You know, you leave blessed. For yeah. me, I always feel, you know, I come in there with the weight of the world on my shoulders and I just spend time in the presence of our Lord. You don't even necessarily have to say anything. Mm. You know, just let him love you. That's really what it's about, love. And then he he will take those burdens away and help you be refocused and reinvigorated. And on top of that, you're gaining graces for the world as well. So. Yeah. Christine Niles is our guest. Churchmilitant.com is the website. We're just about a minute uh, from saying goodbye. Christine, the, the daily, you guys have uh, unveiled the daily news over there. Yeah. How's that gone so far? Oh, it's been great. We've got such positive feedback for that. You know, it's been months in the making. For a while, we're doing the post-election specials at 630 every night. And so that kind of segued into now just evening news where it's not just politics, but it's anything of relevance to the Catholic world. It's had a tremendous response. So uh, we're very happy about that. Yeah. So that's every night, Monday through Friday, 6.30 p.m. live on our site at churchmilitant.com. All right, Christine Niles. God bless you. God love you. Have a great God day. God bless you. Thank you. You too. All right. Praise be to God. We're going to wrap up. Adrian is going to do something unique today. Uh, Adrian, we're going we're gonna to attempt to launch a show uh, with our colleague and friend and friend of the program, our Rome correspondent, Bree Dale. And yes. today and is their first attempt at it. And it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So uh, we're going off air, and I'm going to switch over everything in 10 minutes, and we'll launch the show and be ready to go uh, real quick. So if you want to be on the ground floor of a brand new program that uh, the Guadalupe Radio Network is planning to put on the radio, today is the social media t- first episode of it. So we're going to shut this stream off, and then we're going to launch a brand new stream in 10 minutes from now uh, with Bridale and Joy Mignot out of Rome. And they're going to be looking at the headlines, the stories that concern all of us from a Catholic perspective, from a journalist and an analyst perspective. It's going to be very interesting. We think you're going to enjoy it. And today is the beta version, the pilot episode, if you will. And you can be a part of that just by sticking around and joining the live streams that are about to be launched. On behalf of all of us here at the Catholic Drive Time team, God love you, God bless you, have a great day. We hope to see you back tomorrow on Catholic Drive Time, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Until then, have a great day. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Howdy, howdy. Hello. 
I am looking to make sure. Yep, I've got that. Hey, awesome. Sounds me? good. Good. Yep. Oh, wow. I can finally see Joey. Hey, this is what I look like. Mm. I, so now I look like my picture, so I feel much better. The other day I looked like a disheveled homeless person. <laughs> <laughs> well, good morning to all everybody. Good morning. Good morning. It was an amazing conversation you guys had with the uh, Youth Apologetic. They were uh, they were pretty cool. They were a lot of fun, yeah. and they brought a great audience with them on uh, on the on uh, YouTube YouTube side. Oh yeah, we had a huge oh, audience. Oh, listen to that. Rome what? sounds normal. I hear nothing but sirens. Yeah, yeah it's either me or her. If you listen to Bree, uh, you might just hear birds chirping. Yeah, uh, but here it's definitely the. When I went to Rome in 2005, that's all I heard for the seven days we were there was yeah, just nonstop ambulances. It was crazy. Yep, that sounds about right. It's funny that it picks it up because I can act. I can't actually hear it, but the mic picks it up better, and when it feeds it through the headphones, then I can hear it. But like, just if I have them off, I can't really hear it that close until I get like in the window. Live from. Well, Rome. I have like the window open. Do you see in the background? I'm gonna kind of turn my head so you can see it a little bit more. That's the Passato. Wow, oh, it, it's only coming into contrast when you're not the center focus. I know. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like too blown out. Yeah. All right, what's uh, what's on the agenda today? What are you guys talking about? Well, Joey, you want to say it? Oh, okay, cool. So we're going to talk about uh, religious persecution, uh, cancel culture, and then some current events. Wow, that's super cool. Right. Hey, uh, yeah, we're going to address the story coming out today that, you know, the Pope has said, Pope, uh, Pope Emeritus Benedict has said that... Uh, once again, he has clarified that he is no longer Pope. <laughs> what part of <laughs> I wanted to retire? So what, so what he's saying is that he's actually the Pope. To. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, 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 yeah. Oh, the headline I'm already I getting up, that online. The headline I wrote yeah. up said, uh, Pope Francis is headed to Iraq while Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI declares he's not the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, uh, uh, Bree, you should reduce the headspace above you so that you match Joey a little better. Reduce the headspace? So bring, tilt, tilt your, your camera down camera. a little bit. So that way, the, you two look proportional. Yeah, Better. that's probably good. Yeah, praise God. All right. All right, well, we're looking forward to it. Have a great yeah. show, and uh, praise be to God. Just keep the energy up, and you'll be great. Yeah, we will. Have it's fun. always fun. Have a hey, conversation. The, the, uh, yeah, because we're kind of just doing what we do normally, just that more people might watch it now. So. The more, Yeah, the more personality, the better. So do what you do normally is a good call. So uh, mm-hmm. the upper left is what? everyone sees and then adrian you're just you right yep uh, okay what you'll yeah right whatever is up on the top left will be what people see Got um it. and other than that yeah and no one else is going to okay. see me and whatnot so mine just like flips back and forth between talker speakers so what uh, what do, do i view, need to do, do that? view and do gallery view thanks click view click gallery it'll put like I all five that. yeah mm. and i'm gonna jump off so i'll take up less of your screen no, oh, but that's I like looking at your handsome face. Yeah, good luck, pal. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say that. No, before. I'm neither have I. My own do family doesn't say that. Yeah. Do you say? <laughs> now you feel very affirmed by Joey. All right, God love you. Have a great show. I'm gonna leave now. Okay. All right, we'll see you. <laughs> Bye, guys. Oh, there's two of Breeze. I know. Ooh. Oh, there's me. That's better. So that's what I'm going to leave it at, and then we'll okay, create perfect. graphics good. for y'all later uh, down the middle, and then uh, intersection. But for today, cool. this will be sufficient. 
Oh, um, it I will flipped, be. It got, I got flipped. I was like, "Well, that's not what I look like." And um, Adrian, we're gonna go out and take like B roll, and uh, hopefully, my guy friend will reply back to me. I'm gonna just call him and ask him to to do a coverage. He's got a Scottish accent, so it'll not have any. <laughs> There will be it would be very clear that our introduction will not be from us. Okay, awesome. And we'll have uh, yeah, just send it to me anytime this week, um, preferably before Friday, and uh, right. we'll get that done. We'll have it ready okay. for next week. For this week, uh, I can play. Let me play the intro for y'all. This is what it's going to sound like. Okay. It's what uh, Joey said y'all wanted. So here's what it's going to sound like. Like right. that. And so once uh, the sound, once you start hearing it start getting quieter, uh, that's whenever you would just jump in and then talk over. Yeah, when I, when I, I'm going to try to like play some of that, like with some of that, um, when it goes kind of s- more quiet, you know, with the music, maybe do you want me to come in then or no? Yes, that would be fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. As soon as it um, right here, I'll show you. Right. Do I have a streak? It's the glare. Here is where I would jump in at. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. Right. I don't know. I think it's like an actual streak, Joey. Do you see? Yeah, it's the glare off the light. Like it's the glare off your window behind you into the camera lens. It's like reflecting off the window behind you. That one. Yep. No, oh. it's still... Oh, it moved. No, it's still clean. Oh. <laughs> I think we just keep it. We'll figure it out. I We're going to get another video camera anyways. I think it's probably because I cleaned that and I didn't do that's, it well. That's where you went wrong. You cleaned. Yeah, and that's why I never do it. Yeah, just let it go. You never clean? <laughs> never. Just throw it away and buy a new one. Gross. <laughs> I can, like, wipe it off. Give me a second. Can, do, you, do you want me to move? Can I move? You're still working on stuff, right? No, you're good. I'm working on other things for the stream end of it. Okay. Give me a sec. And I will throw any any uh, comments or anything like that we get from the live stream. If we do get any, I will put them in the chat. Uh, and I'll just let you know, keep you all informed about anything going on through the chat. Okay, perfect. I can't tell if that's better for Bree or if I'm going to have a seizure. That's better. That is better. That's wow. better, yeah. I guess it was a streak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's much better. Like significantly. Yeah, it's a little better, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, two minutes. Yes. 
got my coffee cup full of water. <laughs> got my wine cup full of what? Yeah, it was like, oh, it'll be nice. We can, uh, we'll have a nice glass of wine and drink, uh, you know, that. And I was like, it's like mm. eight o'clock in the morning. What? No. <laughs> yeah, it's like too early for wine. What is wrong with it? Oh. Oh. No. Well, with that kind of negativity, it is. <laughs> Not with that attitude. Not with that attitude. So much like new stuff for me. We've got like YouTube streams and teams and I got some notes and we got zoom going yeah it's pretty chaotic microphone microphone settings headphones webcam all right uh one minute uh i will hit go live at 30 seconds and then i'll give you all a 10 second countdown with my hands i'm going to mute myself i'm just going to count down over here you're going to hear the music and uh then jump in whenever y'all are ready Mm-hmm. <laughs> 